Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. When we inhabit a space to live, we try to do everything to make it feel like home. We choose colors and furniture that are the physical manifestation of how we want the space to feel. But we never stop to think about the life that inhabited that space before we came along. Would that space tell stories of joy or terror? What would the walls say if walls could scream? First, sins are revealed beneath the surface, followed by haunting cries over stolen goods. Then a spirit's evil intentions revealed. Finally, in our featured story, a warning, don't look in the mirror at night. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. So, want to hear something scary? If walls could scream. When we don't like something, our instinct is to immediately change it so we feel comfortable. Because when we leave our comfort zone, that is where we often uncover terrible secrets. Like in this story, inspired by Jordan. The town of Laurel, Mississippi was devastated during Hurricane Katrina. Over 15 years later, developers and young people were breathing life back into the town. Among those people were Stella and her boyfriend, Jerome. Jerome, a strong craftsman, and Stella, an interior decorator, were looking for the perfect project. They fell in love with a quaint house buried deep in the woods that was a major fixer-upper. Weirdly, There was no record of this house ever even existing before the hurricane. And from the outside, the house looked crooked and clearly built without a plan. Jerome insisted that it just gave the house character and that it had good structure. The inside was a different story. It was dark, with a musty smell that Stella couldn't quite put her finger on 
It was either mildew or rot. Whatever it was, it was nauseating. The interior was wallpapered door to door with the most hideous decoupage of browns and beiges. The entire inside gave Stella the creeps. This was almost a deal breaker until they learned the price of the house. The realtor explained that since there was no record of the house anywhere, the town was going to sell it to them for dirt cheap. With this news, the couple had themselves the perfect project. Jerome and Stella got started straight away. Jerome tended to the structural problems and Stella chose new paint colors. But before she could put on her new coat of mint green, the strange custom wallpaper had to come down. Stella got an eerie feeling from just standing in the dark rooms. She knew the sooner she got the oddly textured wallpaper down, the better she would feel, but removing it was brutal. It was sealed on tightly and only broke off in little chunks. Eventually, when she got into a rhythm, removing the stuff became oddly satisfying, as if the house had just recovered from a sunburn and she was removing its skin. She would start from one corner, dig up an edge with her fingernails, then try to peel a nice long strip of the wallpaper off in one piece. Stella made a game of stripping the walls, on the hunt for the longest piece before it tore. Under a corner section of paper in every room, she noticed there was a person's name and a date. Curiosity got the best of her, and one night after a long day of work, she googled one of the names. Her blood ran cold as she read the person was actually a missing person. The missing date matched the date written under the wallpaper. The next day, Stella went around the house and made a list of all the names and dates that were written. Sure enough, each name was for a missing person with dates to match. Stella ran to Jerome with tears in her eyes and showed him what she discovered. Something terrible happened here. I just know it. I knew it from the first time I set foot in this house, she cried. They went straight to the police, who after a cursory investigation, sent out a forensics team to the house. Stella walked them through and showed them each of the names. A crime scene investigator took out chemicals and powders. She began to meticulously go over each area of paper that was still left up on the walls. After about an hour, she declared, It's what I thought. It's human. The words hit Stella like a ton of bricks. The investigator asked her to bring them to the rest of the material she had already moved from the walls. She was going to need that skin to match it to DNA of the missing persons. They were able to trace the victims back to a serial killer, Russell Thompson. Because the area was deserted, he was able to construct the house with no one the wiser. That is where he hid and tortured his victims. The crime was solved, but Stella would forever suffer bloody fingertips because even when they looked pristine, she was always trying to scrape them clean of the human flesh she imagined to be stuck under her fingernails. Thank you so much, Jordan, for sending this story and inspiring us in this way. So listener, has the look of something ever changed your mood? 
Like in the same way that Stella with the brown and beige wallpaper. Have you ever had something stuck under your nails you felt you couldn't remove? Are you looking at your nails right now? Imagining if it could be someone else's skin underneath them. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Just because you find something doesn't make it yours. You can use it, but beware of the danger you might conjure when the owner comes looking for what belongs to them. Like in this story, Inspired by Faith. Hey, Markia. I wanted to share with you the chilling history of my new home. It was in a strange town in an unfamiliar school district in the middle of the school year. As you can imagine, my sister and I were not thrilled to make this move with our parents to a new house. My sister and I began to explore every inch of our new old house. The coolest little treasure we found was in the basement, a vintage-looking marble set. The brown leather case was worn and faded, but the marbles inside looked shiny and new. We played with them, rolling them back and forth across the tiles to each other until our mother got us to finish unpacking. The next morning, we arrived for our first day of school, and it seemed like everyone was too busy to notice us. By lunchtime, it became clear the other kids were making the active choice to exclude us. We know this for sure because we caught them glaring our way, then whispering. It was like the whole class shared a secret about us that even we didn't know. We sat at a table by ourselves until one girl actually spoke to us. Aisha was blunt. She marched right up to us and asked us if we had moved into the greenhouse on Carriage Lane. I nodded my head yes. Aisha gave a wide-eyed look to the girl sitting back at her table. Then she told us that no one wanted to talk to us because the greenhouse was bad luck. And since we live there now, no one wanted to risk it. The minute we got home, my sister, who's more sensitive than me, locked herself in her room. She was so upset she didn't even eat dinner. The next time I saw her was when she woke me up in the middle of the night. It was two in the morning. I asked her what she was doing. She whispered, Do you hear that? It's the marbles. I listened closely, and there it was. 
the sound of the marbles being rolled around the tile floor in the basement. As we slowly crept down the basement stairs, we nervously held hands and I used my cell phone to light the way. We watched as the marbles bounced back and forth across the floor, almost as if someone was there rolling them. I shined my light around the room. There, my sister shouted. I shined the light in the corner and lost my breath. Frozen, like a deer in headlights and staring back at us, was a little girl. She looked about eight. She had short, curly brown hair, eyes that glowed like the moon, and she wore a white nightgown. She sounded like she was crying, but her face wasn't moving. My sister yanked on my arm and dragged me up the stairs behind her. We burst into my parents' bedroom and told them what happened. They insisted that it was all a bad dream and said we could sleep in their room for the rest of the night. Snuggled in our blankets on the floor, I began to doze off until from the basement came that distinct sound. My eyes shot open. My parents were already sitting up straight in their bed. Even they heard the marbles. We all held our breath as my dad went down to the basement. He came back up quickly with the marbles in hand, now locked up in their case. The second we got to school the next day, I found Aisha. What happened at the house? Why is it haunted? I demanded. She said it used to be a daycare for kids during World War I. An explosive demolished half of the place, killing all the children inside. My heart sank. I felt terrible for those who lost their lives. But the second I got home, my fear returned. My parents said we could sleep in their room again that night. I was having horrible nightmares of the little girl crying in my face. It wasn't until my dad wrenched me up off the floor and put me on the bed that I realized it wasn't a nightmare. There she was, the little girl standing in front of us. Her cries turned to screams and no one knew what to do or if she was dangerous. My sister jumped up. What are you doing? I cried. She grabbed the marble set from off the dresser and slowly reached out to give it to the girl. To our surprise, she stopped screaming. She turned around and disappeared with the marbles. We learned She's not dangerous, so we're no longer scared of her. We have even left a few more toys in the basement for her to play with, although we never go down there to play. Thank you so much, Faith, for inspiring this ghost tale. Have you ever had the feeling someone was talking about you? Have you had to keep that a secret from someone else? And do you think that you could be brave enough to interact with a ghost girl? Have you? Tell us your story at somethingscary@snarl.com. We can always make assumptions about someone's intentions, but only time will tell their true purpose. Misinterpreting the signs will come at a grave cost. Like in this story, inspired by Rashika. 
Semi and Aparna were never afraid of ghosts or spirits. That's because they lived with one. When they were kids and moved into a farm-style house, there was a woman who was always around. She was tall and thin, gaunt-looking with matted light hair. Her skin was almost translucent, and she seemed to glide about the old house with ease. The girls were always comfortable in her presence. For months, their parents thought that she was just an imaginary friend. It wasn't until their papa noticed furniture out of place, that's when he began to inquire more about the woman who seemed to always be interacting with the girls. He always thought it was his daughters who moved things around the kitchen just to prank him. But when pieces of heavy antique furniture had been shifted, too heavy for them to have moved alone. His fatherly instinct kicked in and he began to question his daughters. He believed their friend wasn't imaginary at all, but rather a spirit living with them. All other children would have been afraid, but by now they were so used to having the woman around, it didn't faze them. After a while, the whole family enjoyed having her there. She seemed like a guardian angel looking out for the girls. They even started to call her auntie because of her nurturing nature. She would keep them company while playing and even leave a cup on each of the girls' nightstands before bed in case they got thirsty during the night. They never did, but just in case. Among the house's original furnishings was an antique wooden chair, which was kept against the back wall of the living room. Whenever the girls were watching TV or playing a game, Auntie would inch the chair forward across the room toward them. Sometimes she'd manage to move it all the way to the center of the room just to be close to them. Simi always felt sad putting it back against the wall at the end of the night. One night, Simi woke to a perna choking and gagging in her bed. She shrieked for her parents. They tried to give her water to drink from her cup, but it had already been drunk. They gave her Simi's water, but she could barely choke it down. They watched in horror as Aparna gasped for breath. She tore at her throat as her eyes began to bulge out of her head. Her choking subsided as her face turned blue and veins protruded from her neck. Her pulse stopped. Aparna was dead. The medical examiner pronounced her cause of death, poison. Simi was scared for her life, having seen her sister in that way. Her parents were devastated and could barely process the news. It wasn't until a moment of clarity when Papa remembered that Auntie always left the girls cups of water. Horrified by this realization, they immediately began searching for information on the woman in the house. They found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse's original occupant, a widow. Her photo looked just as the girls described seeing her. The article read, she murdered her two children by giving them each a cup of poisoned water before bed. Then she'd hung herself. The article included a photo of the farmhouse's living room with a woman's body hanging from a beam. Beneath her, knocked over, 
was that old wooden chair placed exactly in the center of the room. Thank you so much, Rashika, for frankly terrifying us with this wonderful story. So I ask you, listener, especially if you live with spirits that you are so certain are good ones, how would you be able to tell if a spirit's intention is good or bad? Have you ever communicated with someone from the other side? And most importantly, what would you do if your house was inhabited by evil? A mirror is just a gateway between our world and the world beyond. At night, this portal between the two worlds can open and it's possible to see to the other side. But beware, you may not be able to handle the killer reflection that looks back at you. Ashlyn and her fiance Nico had just bought a house in his hometown in Croatia. The previous owners left some things behind including a beautiful antique medicine cabinet they found covered underneath a sheet. They were immediately enamored with it. And even though the door closure was rusted shut, they decided to keep it and marked it as a weekend project. Their friend Sivan came over to help them put together furniture in exchange for some pizza. He noted the new bathroom fixture saying, he felt the mirror made his eyes look more vibrant than usual. He took a bunch of selfies and posted hashtag no filter. Throughout the night, it seemed Seven kept being lured back to the mirror. Before going to bed, Nico said he must have been in a great mood because every time he saw himself in the mirror, he had a huge smile. Ashlyn told him how she noticed the same thing and they agreed that they were delighted to have found such a wonderful home. That night, Ashlyn awoke, drenched in sweat from a nightmare. She saw visions of her face, broken and distorted. She went to the bathroom but decided not to turn on the lights so her eyes wouldn't need to adjust. She stumbled to the sink and went to splash cold water on her face, but it was scalding hot. She fixed the temperature and as she looked up at the mirror, she seemed to catch her own head move. As if there was a slight delay inside the mirror. She dismissed it as a trick of her tired eyes in the dark and haphazardly made her way back to bed. She woke again from the same nightmare and again went to the bathroom to get some water still with the lights off. This time, when she looked in the mirror, her reflection backed away from the sink and summoned her towards it. It was mesmerizing. She couldn't take her eyes off herself. In that moment, the latch to the medicine cabinet released and the door eerily creaked as it fell open. Stunned, she slapped the door shut and immediately woke Nico. Now neither of them could fall back asleep, so they scrolled through Instagram. They came across Seven's selfie and noticed something strange. Seven's smile It looked exactly the same as the smiles they each saw in the mirror. It was like 
someone else's smile was superimposed onto his face. This creeped her out, but Nico was unaffected and went to the bathroom. Please, don't look in the mirror, she begged. He brushed her off and said he'll be back in a sec. A few minutes later, she heard the same creaking noise from earlier. Then, absolute silence. She called out for Nico, but got no response. She was so scared she thought she was going to be sick. Mustering all the courage she had, Ashlyn went to the bathroom. It was empty. Looking into the dark mirror, instead of her own reflection, someone else was staring back at her. In a panic, she turned on the lights and saw her beloved Nico staring back at her. That same artificial grin stretched across his face, but his eyes told a different story. One of complete and total terror. He reluctantly raised his hand and beckoned her closer as tears streamed down his eyes. Nico had somehow become trapped inside the mirror and something was controlling him. Ashlyn knew she should run, but she couldn't abandon the man she loved. She had to free him somehow without becoming a prisoner herself. Suddenly, Nico's face began to distort the same way Ashlyn's did in her nightmare. Slowly, it began to turn inside out. She had to do something. With all her strength, Ashlyn tried to muscle open the rusty latch on the mirrored medicine cabinet, but it refused to open. Her fiance continued to come undone, and in a panic, Ashlyn pulled the whole cabinet off the wall and it plummeted to the ground. She watched in horror as Nico's twisted, grinning face shattered into a million pieces. She fell to the ground, sobbing as she stared at the bloody mosaic of her fiance. He stared back at her with his hands pressed against the shards, forever trapped with no way out of the world on the other side. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.